0: Welcome and thank you for downloading the Trinity Now podcast, recorded live from Trinity Church of Wesley Chapel. For more information about Trinity Church, please visit us online at trinitychurchnow.com. Now, let's join Pastor Dave. John chapter 20. Starting in verse 1, John chapter 20, starting in verse 1. There. Let's stand for the reading of God's Word. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early. While it was still dark, and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Then she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. And Peter therefore went out, and the other disciple, and were going to the tomb. And so they both ran together, and the other disciple outran Peter and came to the tomb first, And he stooped down and, looking in, saw the linen cloth lying there, yet he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb, and he saw the linen cloth lying there, and the handkerchief that had been around his head, not lying with the linen cloth, but folded together in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who came to the tomb first, went in also and saw and believed. And as yet, they did not know the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away again to their homes. Let's bow our heads together. Our Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for this special day. This day that we come and we we celebrate the, the resurrection of Jesus Christ in our lives. Father, we thank you for this opportunity that that we have to be together, to come and to worship you, that opening your word together and how special, special that is. Lord, I ask now that you would just open our hearts and open our minds. Lead us in a direction that only you could lead. And in all of it, Father, we'll give you the praise and the glory in all of it. And we pray this in your most precious name. Amen. You may be seated. Please leave those Bibles open. You know, it's interesting. I, I this morning um, at the at the sunrise service, I was I was mentioning that you know I, I could almost picture a morning such as this, um, that that cool morning as as Mary and uh, as Mary Magdalene, actually the Marys, went down to the tomb um, and and to come up upon the tomb um, as it was and and to see the the stone that had been rolled away. Um, a, a, a scene that they would see that would absolutely change their lives. But folks, it, it also, it's, it's a scene that changed our lives. It changed all of our lives. And, and as they were coming down to the tomb, they were going to anoint um, the body of Jesus and And one would wonder, well how how did you ever plan on doing that? How were you ever going to get the stone rolled away from the from the tomb door to be able to go in and, and to do that and and but the point remains is that as they were there, the stone had been been rolled away. And folks, there's something that that you have to remember about that and and it was it was something that that struck me. When we were in in Israel uh, and went to the Garden Tomb, and uh, um, there's actually two places. Um, the Church of the Holy Sepulcher is there, and and they like to say that that's the church where all the different denominations are in there, and and uh, uh, and they claim that that is where where Jesus was uh, crucified um, and where he was buried in the tomb, and. And you know you just you walk into the church of the Holy Sepulcher and you just don't feel it. You know there's something it's like I don't know it just doesn't feel right. And then they took us out to the to the garden tomb out there and and when you went to the garden tomb and you saw the door the opening into into the tomb you knew this is it. This is the place. And you look down and you see the track that was there. The stone is gone, but folks, this was this was a (laughs) this was a stone. You had to get down like this to get in through the door into the tomb, and and you you walk into that tomb and and it was as deep from here to the lectern, deep and and back maybe from the edge of there to, to here, and you could see the two areas that that had been carved out that. That uh, uh, it was set up. It was a family tomb. Joseph Arimathea. It, it was his. That was a tomb that he had made for his family. One side wasn't completely done. The other side, where Jesus laid, was done. It was finished. And and that is, you walked in there, and you felt it. You knew it. You knew that that is where Jesus had been laid. They they ended up having to put bars across there because. Everybody who walked into the tomb went. I need a piece of this and chisel, you know, chisel it off so that they could have a, a, a piece of that tomb. But you knew you were there. You, you knew that there was no doubt that this is where Jesus had laid. And you know, the, the tomb itself is is magnificent when you look at at the work that went into carving this out of of solid rock. Well, it's a soft rock, but. You knew, folks. You knew it. It was that was the place. And the stone had been rolled away, folks. Not not so that Jesus could get out. The stone was rolled away so that that us mortal people, um, the the women who went down to anoint Jesus' body, could look in, and so that they could get inside and they could see that that Jesus that Jesus wasn't there. And you know, um, of course. The, the garden area where the tomb is at they'll give you a a, a guide when you get there who take you and, and talk to you about all the things and you know what the first thing was he said he says well, when you get into the tomb there's going to be something that you notice he's not there he's not there you know and and how folks our, our lives depend on that that he's not there anymore Our our lives depend on the fact that he's not on that cross anymore. It's that he went through all of that for us. And he went to the tomb. And that and that he rose from the dead. He's not there. And that is the difference today. You know, this is what makes us Christians. Not not the symbol of the cross, but it's the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That that our God, our God lives. He lives. Amen. He lives, and and that is what makes this so special. You see, the story in itself, and I, I really enjoy the story in in John about how how the women go and and they they see that the tomb is empty, and they and they and they don't know what to do. And Mary runs back and tells the disciples. She goes to the disciples and tells tells Peter and and. And Peter grabs John and, and, and off they go. This is something, and, and understand this. I know that Mary's a woman, um, but, but I understand this part of it. Men are like this. This is what we do. A woman comes up and tells us something, and so we gotta go check it out. And you know, that's, that's really, you know, maybe, maybe Peter's going, ah! You know, she can't see, it's dark, or, or something along that line. And so he takes, he takes John, and they run down there, and Peter is getting, he is the oldest one. And John is that young guy, and if you were here for the, for the, uh, cantata last week, that's, that the, we did, we had one old timer. <laughs> Sorry about that, Dwayne. And then we had this young guy who was playing John, you know, and, and he comes bouncing down the aisle here and up the steps, and here comes, here comes Peter, you know. And, you know, I, I think Peter was a little quicker in that. I, I, I do. But, but, uh, you know, this is almost, you know, when John is writing this, I understand, you look at this and you go, John, what was this, a competition? Because he says, because he, he, first of all, he brings out, he says, Peter and the one that Jesus loved, you know, meaning himself. And then he talks about who won the race. Who got to the race, you know, who, who got to the tune first. And, 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 they get to the tomb, and Peter, being that young guy, man, he just got up to the tomb, and he threw on the brakes. I'm not going into that tomb. Um, it, there's dead people in there. Whoop, not, not going there. And Peter, here comes Peter, and either Peter's brave, brave, or his brakes don't work that well. One or the other, because right into the tomb goes Peter. Now, I, I would like to think that that Peter was, was the brave one. And, and into the tomb he went. And as he looked, folks, this is where it gets amazing, you see, because Jesus Christ is amazing. And, and he goes into that tomb, and, and there are the cloths, the cloths that, that were wrapping the body of Jesus. And they're not ripped, and they're not scattered and thrown all over the tomb. They're right there. It's just like he had pulled, been pulled right out of him, And they sank. That's not the most amazing thing. When, when they buried Jesus, they put a cloth over his face. And then they wrapped his body. And, and when Peter went in, he saw the clothes that were laying right there. But then off to the side over here, was the napkin that covered Jesus' face and it was folded very neatly and it was put off to the side. Now, listen, um, there's something to that. There is something to that. The fact that, that it used to be when, or in in tradition, that when um, someone or a servant was was serving his master dinner. And as he would serve him when he was still eating, he would stand to the side, stand out of the way. And if something came that that the master needed to take care of, um, um, he would take that napkin, if he was going to come back and eat, and he would fold it neatly and he would lay it on the table. That told the servant that he was coming back. If he was done, he'd take the napkin, wipe off his beard, and lot it up and throw it on the table, and that meant it was all done. It's over with. Understand, Jesus folded that napkin and he set it to the side. And what's that tell you? It tells you that the master's coming back. That's what it tells you, is that the master is coming back. And you see, John then went in, he looked in the tomb, he saw the tomb, he saw what was going on, and he believed. He believed. Folks, they didn't have the Scripture at the time to look up and see what was going to happen. It was it was there. Jesus had told them many times. He says, this is what's going to happen. And yet they didn't. They just didn't get it. Boy, were they going to get it. They were going to understand because they were both in that room and they and they both looked and they saw it and they believed. What an awesome opportunity they had and as if that day wasn't stressful enough. Look in your Bibles. Let's just read on a little bit as we go in chapter 20, starting in verse 11. As they were doing all this, and then the disciples left, Mary was left standing there. and she said, But Mary stood outside the tomb weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and the other at the feet where the body of Jesus had lain and then they said to her woman why are you weeping she said to them because they have taken away my lord and i do not know where they have laid him now when she had said this she turned around and saw jesus standing there and did not know that it was jesus jesus said to her woman why are you weeping whom are you seeking and she, supposing him to be the gardener, said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary, Mary. And she turned and said to him, "Raboni," which is to say, teacher. And Jesus said to her, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my father. But go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father and to my God, and to your God. And Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples what she had seen, and the, and the Lord, that, and that he had spoken these things to her. What a whirlwind experience. What a, what a, what a day that that, that that was. And to imagine this experience must have been just an, an incredible type of an experience. You know, here's the, as she comes back and she talks to the disciples, they're still in hiding. They're trying to hide from the Romans. They don't know what's coming next. And now all of a sudden, he's back. He's alive. He's alive. What a day. What a day it must You know, Scripture tells us that over the next 40 days, though, that Christ spoke with his disciples many times. And it is even written in in secular writings of writers of that time because they saw him but it is also in, in scripture in chapter 15 1 Corinthians chapter 15 where 15:6 15, where it says and after that this is what Paul is writing that after that he was seen by over 500 brethren at once of whom the greater part remained to be present remained to the present they're still alive when he wrote this. Those people, those people were still... They saw Jesus. They saw Him. And, and when Paul wrote this to the Corinthians, they were still there. And they were still saying, you're not going to believe what we saw. We saw Jesus. We saw Him crucified. We saw Him dead. We saw Him buried. And then I saw Him out teaching and out preaching. But some have fallen asleep. Some have died. You know, over 500 people at states saw Jesus after the resurrection. But you see, there's a lot of people around today, and, and there has been over the years that will claim to you that, that this is not true, that this did not happen. There's a lot of people who would try to tell you that, that tell you something different. They claim to have found His tomb. Um, they claim that, that they found him in the tomb. Um, he lived for years. He fathered children with Mary Magdalene. He never died on the cross. And you see, folks, I'll I tell you, um, I, I expect that. I expect to, to turn on the TV and watch the History Channel and say, boy, what a bunch of garbage they're putting on there. But that is, that is of the world. The world is is saying, wow, there's just no way. There's no way there could be a resurrection. And the only way they can explain a resurrection is to say that Jesus never died on the cross. Folks, so he did. He did. You see, what's troubling is when Christians go, eh, okay, what's the diff? What difference does it make if, if, if he died on the cross, if he didn't die on the cross, if he if he married Mary later on and they had children down, you know, what is the difference in all that? Boy, am I glad you asked me that? If you're to look in, in chapter 15, 1 Corinthians 15, we'll see what Paul what Paul says about that. chapter 15 in verse 12, where he says, "Now if Christ is preached, that he has been raised from the dead, how do some among you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and your faith is also empty. If Christ is not risen, folks, we should be out on the golf course. Well, if you don't like to play golf. But here being here is a total, total waste, waste of time. Yes, and and when we are found false, your faith is empty. Yes, and we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified that God, of God, that he raised up Christ whom he did not raise up. And if in fact the dead did not rise, for if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then also, those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. And if this life, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are all men, of all men, the most pitiable. We're to be pitied. If Christ did not rise from the dead, folks, we're fools. We've wasted our life. If if Christ didn't rise from the dead, what are we doing here? Why are we here? Folks, week in and week out, I, I pound on this when I hold this up and I say there is an authority to Scripture. And there's a reason that we believe in the authority of Scripture, in that it is true. It is true and in Jesus Christ was risen from the dead. And if Jesus Christ wasn't risen in the dead, we're all lost. We're all lost in our sin. And we have no hope. But I'm here to tell you today that that is not true. That Jesus Christ is Lord, that Jesus Christ was risen from the dead. You see, if He did not, let me tell you about 12 other guys who are real fools complete fools the disciples preached and taught the message of the resurrection of the resurrected Christ and folks they died for it they died for it the apostle Peter even requested to be crucified upside down so that he wouldn't be crucified in the same way that that Christ was crucified folks Men don't die for a hoax. They don't die for a lie. When each and every one of them that that was martyred would have been asked to give this up, say this isn't true, and we will spare your life. And there wasn't one that could. Because they knew that it was true. That Jesus Christ is alive. That he is with us today. We worship a risen Lord. This is what makes us Christian, that we serve and we worship. A risen Lord, a risen Lord. We're going to take communion folks. I and mean, taking communion on Easter is one of the most remarkable things that we can do. And, and this communion time is not just for members. It is for everyone. If you are inside these four walls, you are welcome to come and take communion with us. Communion is is God's grace. It's God's grace. And I want each and every one of you to know that this church does not withhold grace to anyone. And so, we're going to take communion. And as you come forward to take communion, I want you to know and want you to think about the gift that Jesus Christ gave us nearly 2,000 years ago. That gift of eternal life. That gift of the resurrection. Thank you for listening to the Trinity Now podcast. For more information about Trinity Church, please visit us online at TrinityChurchNow.com. We hope today's sermon has touched your heart, and we hope you will join us next week for another message from God's Word.